Welcome to Kyle and Dave vs. the Machine. My name is Kyle. Uh, yeah. And I'm the machine. I, I don't know. <laughs> What's your magic name, Dave? Uh, I don't know. Burnt Out? Burnt Out the Magician? As people have rightly pointed out, as, as people have rightly pointed out in criticisms of J.K. Rowling for many, many years for different reasons, the only named Asian character in the Harry Potter books is named Chan Chong. So <laughs> is that true? <laughs> oh, I, that is absolutely I'll say true. this. Uh, this woman, <laughs> somehow the most uh, powerful literary figure of the 20th century, 21st century, does not know how to write dialogue. Well, we'll get into that, Dave. This is a podcast yeah. where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. The machine still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to, although we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. And today, we're going to be watching the expertly named film, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm scared, Professor Dumbledore. Everyone is scared of something. Ridiculous! Mute? You're up next. That's an unusual one. What Mr. Scamander fears above everything else is... Having to work in an office, sir. <laughs> Go ahead, Mute. Ridiculous! Magic blooms only in rare souls. Still, we must sculpt in shadows. Or Grindelwald, as some of the characters say. Did he say. commit a crime? Mm -hmm. Grindelwald. If you're not British, like for her, I guess. The British are the Aryans. Is that is that how I guess, that plays? Um, I don't really want to get into this facet, Dave. The Americans are fucking buffoons. In no, this I'm film. just saying I don't really want to get into J.K. Rowling's politics or thoughts and feelings on different things okay, because okay. this is like the Orson Scott card conundrum that I have uh, with Ender's Game being one of my favorite books I read growing up, and then realizing he is the biggest homophobe in the entire world. <laughs> Similar is J.K. Rowling, who turns into be like the worst person to go against uh, trans people in the world. And uh, it's uh, off-putting when you see I, the same language she uses be put into the bad people's mouths in this movie. Money will do that because yeah. uh, people paint for this shit. They did for this one. I, I will say that I will give some credit to the worldwide movie-going audience because the one that came after this did not do well so <laughs> and i think it's probably in part because of this movie not being very good uh this is all stuff that we'll get to in this episode that i'm hoping is going to clock in at a brisk 30 minutes <laughs> i'm one star before we get to talking about this week's no, film no. though dave you know we ended last week on a cliffhanger you stuffed your mm. face into this that's a film i'd want to watch <laughs> We should watch Cliffhanger. Yeah, we should watch Cliffhanger. Oh, by the way, <laughs> if you hear some weird noise going on in the background, it's because the biggest storm the world is raging on. And I'm not convinced <laughs> that we're not just going to be cut off uh, because the power is going to go out at any moment. It is Na wild what's going on outside right Nature now. Nature doesn't even want us to talk about this movie. <laughs> 
It's like, no, just shut it's up. Like, they saw us sitting down. It's like, no. And they're reaching for the microphones. <laughs> Don't do it. We left off on a cliffhanger on last week's episode where you stuffed your face into, we'll call it a Mary Poppins bag, but a, a bag of holding. What did you discover? What did you see in there? Just the bleak nothingness of contemporary existence. So the crimes of Grindelwald is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> just a platinum blonde, giant up. Uh-huh. Masking his Jack Sparrow as a 19th century gentleman? Sure. I don't know. You know how that uh, actor Austin Butler could not stop talking like Elvis after he was in the Elvis movie? Do you know about this? I don't know. Sure. I didn't even watch the Elvis movie, to be honest. This with is you. a big topic of conversation. The Baz Luhrmann Elvis that came out last year, the young actor that they got kind of started talking like Elvis, even though he's never done that before he was in that mm -hmm. movie. Do you feel like Jack Sparrow ruined Johnny Depp where he can't yes. stop talking like Jack Sparrow? Yes. <laughs> I, I feel, I mean, I could be wrong. He almost won't take a role unless he has some kind of pithy English right. accent anymore. Because he's not an English actor, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know no. that somehow. Oh, he's, he's American. He's very American. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, uh, you know, I'll give him this credit. He doesn't live in America That's anymore. True. So, he has tried to distance himself. Just in uh, Paris on a pile of rags or something. Your jealousy is showing. Well, we'll keep a hold of this bag. Maybe it'll come into use as we go through the like, second half of our season here. Really quickly, piece of feedback that we received on the Instagram in relation- a lot of feedback. What the fuck? I'm, well, people are listening, Dave. Yeah. Not many, but people are listening. <laughs> We're just starting to really say And the same person keeps giving <laughs> us feedback. But um, <laughs> no, the uh, <laughs> we kept calling them chimney sweeps in Mary Poppins last week. And they're not chimney sweeps. They're lamp lighters. Just to note that we made that mistake. Oh, uh, Lin-Manuel's mm -hmm. people versus Dirk, Dick Van Dyke's Correct, people. Yeah. Okay, sure, yeah, light on lamp. We kept conflating them all as chimney sweeps when You're that right. is not correct. Mostly because... All I just want to talk about is how bad that movie was. And then we saw this movie and it makes that movie yeah. look like a masterpiece. <laughs> Fucking Oscar winner. <laughs> yeah. Best picture, I guess. I think we should do a little bit of like history with the franchise and, and Harry Potter in general, just to get a okay. kind of a baseline of where we're at. So Harry Potter in general, Dave, hit me. What is your relationship with Harry Potter? Uh, when it first came out, I was the Tolkienite who refused to watch the film or read the books because sure. I thought it was going to be completely copied. Anyways, I can't think of the right word right now. Rip off. Uh, plagiarized. Or, uh, yeah, or, or uh, whatever. And then uh, Potter Mania started and I was the guy in my high pedestal uh, just talking about how fucking stupid everyone was uh, for many years. And then I think like on CBC, Deathly Hollows 1 was on. I like Weird. watched the first hours like, oh, like this doesn't look like a kid's movie. I think I watched the first movie in the theater uh, with Helen on a date and I just mm. left seething. Wow. Uh, but now that Emerson, I like how you just get uh, so violently angry over the most innocuous of things, but whatever. I'm pretty sure that's why you asked me to be part of this movie Yeah, podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> and then when Emerson was in uh, kindergarten or grade one, it turned out everybody he knows is a fucking Potterhead. Sure. Every parent, every kid, everybody. And at the Central Library, they had just released this latest Potter version, you know, the colored books yeah, yeah, to yeah. represent the houses. So I started reading them. And uh, the first one, you can tell she hadn't found her voice. I could tell why publishing houses didn't pick her up. By the second and third book, she actually, I don't know if she wrote it, but it's written really well. And then by the fourth or fifth, it was just getting so long in the tooth. I never finished it. I just couldn't, mm -hmm. I just couldn't anymore. I think it was like 800 pages and it just started 
really falling down. Can I just say, Dave, this is the other this is the other difference between you and I. There's a certain point if I've gotten far enough along into something, it's like I have to finish this. Even if I'm not enjoying it, I have to because I, I to have be like to know, know how it ends. I can't just like leave it and not know. I'm still like that with movies, but I thought the thing was so long, dude. Like I just No, I agree. Because then I looked at the next one and I was like, that's easily a thousand pages. So if I can't even get through the 700 page one, I can't embark on uh i'm pretty sure that the fifth one is the longest one pretty sure oh they get shorter after that well by little bits yeah i'm pretty sure i didn't know that okay so my history with harry potter and then we'll just briefly talk about the movies but as far as like the books go i got in pretty much right as it was cresting into its like most like obsessed level of fandom i think i was in grade 12 once i was in grade 12 and an yep. english teacher that like happens to really like yeah. he just mentioned he's like oh you know what you should do you should read these harry potter books i read you should try this harry potter harry potter uh, and then they, uh, because he, re- he said like me and my kids, we have a great bonding time. We read, I read the, to them a chapter each night before they go to bed, whatever. He's like, and they get progressively more complex. I'm like, okay, whatever. Up to the one where everybody starts dying. Well, at okay, this yeah, time, only yeah. the first four had been published. So only the okay. first four were out. And so I went to my local bookstore that doesn't exist anymore in my small town, uh, called Buddy's Bookshop. And I went. I was going to say Johnny's, but Buddy's is good. <laughs> Buddy's yeah. Bookshop. And I got the hardcover four book set. All right. And I went home and kind of like you, I read the first one. And I was like, this is very much a kid's story. I'm like, it, I, yeah. I have to be honest, didn't do a whole lot for me that the very first no. one. Yeah. Also, I did it's enjoy rough. the, I, I, think, I think I mentioned this too in our uh, Ready Player One episode. It's like, like, this isn't like great. But I like the narrative. Like I, 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 mm-hmm. I could see like the actual plot yeah. mechanics were interesting, and it's like, oh, that was a surprise. There's something. There's some surprising it, yeah. things that happened. Second one I thought was way better written, yes. and I thought it had an even better like central like mystery riddle to it. Third one gets much darker. I'm like, okay, this is getting actually maybe not so much like a kids book series no. anymore. And right. then the fourth one I read, and it's like this is straight up Ku Klux Klan. They're killing people in, yeah. in front of kids. I'm like, holy shit! Like this is getting yeah. super, super is intense. That fire whatever yeah and i think that's like really what cemetery made me just like what the fuck is going on yeah, yeah, like, yeah i mean yeah. and that's really got what got me <laughs> invested like as a fan like i was like i kind of want to know how this all ends mm. and at that time mm. like i could reread books they're very easily rereadable and because it was the early internet days you could go into forums and you could be like mm. okay what do you think is going to happen and there was this whole big like fandom that was going up around these very early YouTube, so many of those early YouTubers based their first fandoms on Harry Potter and like brought mm. them over into themselves or made like Harry Potter like songs and videos. Oh, it's zeitgeist. Yeah. There's so yeah, much in the absolutely. zeitgeist. In fact, specifically between book six and seven, I remember reading like literally every theory on the how they what they thought was going to happen. And if I, there's no way for me to prove this, so you can disregard this comment as much as you want, but spoiler alert for Harry Potter coming up, everyone. I was like, I'm pretty sure Snape is actually on the good guy's side and he's just pretending to be... Like on the yeah. bad person side. Obviously. Alan Rickman is like too nice. I mean, right? the movies, <laughs> actually, no, yeah, no, the movies had started to come out by then. But anyways, uh, there was um, a passage in the sixth book that I'm like, this seems like what they're trying to hint at here is mm-hmm. that he's actually mm-hmm. on the good side. Anyways, I was proven correct is what I'm trying to say. And I'm very smart. And everyone <sighs> I always should. I got to, yeah, just got to feel good about yourself. That's fine. 
It's fine. However, even at the time that they were coming out, I think that book five, when it first gets released, I was one of the people that was like, you could easily cut 200 pages out of this book. Like, this does not Wait, need to which be. Which one's five? Order of the Phoenix? Yes. This does no. not need to be yes. a okay. Bible <laughs> that, yeah. that you're giving to me here. Right. That's the one I quit on. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that there was a, because she was so popular and they were making so much money. I honestly do think, and I think it, there's a, an example we can give in this movie that falls throughout her career. There gets to be a point where people get scared to tell her, guess what, JK, this isn't this all gold. Is so we can yeah. maybe take this out or make this be better. Or she just didn't listen. Or she didn't like, listen. I don't know. There is something to that when you're talking about how hateful she is. Yeah. It's uh, a little close-minded. I do think you can definitely see um, there's been much critical analysis given on the books now after the fact. Like, there are some racist tropes to get thrown into there. I don't oh, want to yeah. just blow past that. Uh, the other clear thing, as much as she claims that everything was planned, like, there, no. I, I just straight up don't believe that to be true. Well, wasn't she pumping out like a book a year at the end? Like, it, she was, No, it was like two to three years that people were reading okay. between books. So it felt, yeah, it felt unedited. Well, not just unedited. What I'm talking about is like, there's things that happen within the magic world is like, wait a second, but you already set this rule back in book two that this couldn't happen uh, and now you can have it, it happen. Yeah. Or, I mean, everyone points to, and I'm one of the people, this is getting so nerdy now, unfortunately, but like the whole no Horcrux idea is only introduced in book six. I'm like, that is something very integral to the end of this book series that you, I just do not believe you had that plan from the beginning. I just straight up don't. Well, that is something you see in manga a lot, serialized manga, because, and this is what happened to her, is that her intent when she wrote the first one was not to write seven or eight. It was to get one published sure. and it was from what i remember it does not end in a cliffhanger it's more of a loose like if you ever want to pay me for a second book yeah i agree i, I could yeah. write another one when you see that with serialized manga because i don't know like, american comic books just confuse me in general but the big one is like naruto one piece uh what's the other one that's dragon ball i mean if you go if you go year by year it's fucking ridiculous they're just like you know what uh, Maybe we're not ninjas anymore. Maybe we can just uh, shoot magic shit from our face. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, it is essentially know, it's soap nice. opera writing, right? Like, you have to have five episodes a week. And Cumulative at and, some yeah. point, it's like, well, how about there's witches? And witches yeah. have come to town. I'm like, okay, I guess. That's what our story is. You got a secret twin you didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? It's a triplet this season because we just need to put somebody else in this thing. So Now, because I was such a big fan. Oh, and last thing I was just going to say. The epilogue that, that ends the last book. Total trash. Doesn't need to be there. Shouldn't be in Never it. got there. I was much more of a Boxcar Children fan. Movie series. So the movie series starts coming out in 2001. So I think the first four books had been out by this point. Maybe the fifth one. M movies, oh, really? Movies start coming out. Oh. And I have not revisited them for many, many years. Like, it's probably been 20 years since I've seen any of the Harry Potter movies, I'm going to guess. Or I don't know when the last one came out. Since the last one came out, I have not revisited any of the movies. So I can't 100% say that these are my feelings now. I just remember being somewhat disappointed in the first couple because it felt like it was too beholden to the book. I'm so much the person mm. when it's an adaptation. It's like, you do have to make this be a movie at the same time and it just felt like well we have to put in every scene that is in the book even if they're not that cinematic to put in mm, so it's a little bit stuffy i felt the first two then the third one is the one that alfonso cuaron does which is a 
bit divisive because I think very hardcore fans don't like it because it does stray a lot from what happens in the book. And I love it because like it got it captured the mood of the book while being a movie. And I, that's what I just loved about that third one. And then David Yates comes in and does his David Yates thing and it becomes less and less interesting to me over time. Th- those movies don't hold a huge place in my heart. Um, I know some people it's their comfort movies and they rewatch them every year. That's great for you. Yeah. But for me, they just were never that for me. Emerson has some friends. That's how the family talks about it. I'm sure they get dressed up. Yep. That's why we don't have any friends because I think it's stupid. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I think Hal and I went on a date and we saw Chamber of Secrets because all I remember was they were in a chamber and there's a snake. And I think that's the second yeah, one. It is, yeah. The first one was on Netflix for a while. So we watched it for the first time with Emerson three years ago, sure. maybe. Yeah. And it was fine. 100% kind of like a Disney-esque kids movie, yeah. right? It's just paint by numbers by the way do you know just a a little fun production history piece of trivia initially when it first was being pitched as a film warner brothers really wanted it to become americanized so they wanted to set it in america and it was going to star Haley joel osmond as harry potter wow with with, uh, steven spielberg directing that's who what they were mm, going to do. That might have been. Uh, I don't know. Two thousand. He's already no I, showing I, he, signs. He, he would have been able to do. I think in two thousand and two thousand one. I think. I mean, I done. just been trying to watch AI, and I'm not. I'm not one hundred percent sure. I'm the defender of AI. I really like that movie. So <laughs> it's because it's fucking weird. Yeah. Um. You're you're averse to weird. I I don't think I've watched anything in the middle and then i watched one of the deathly hollows movies and then uh it is also yeah that that is also the thing that should be said about the harry potter movie franchise is that it is to blame for having this terrible blight happen in hollywood of having to split like a final movie into two parts Oh, is it the first one? It's the first one that does it. It's like Deathly Hallows no. Part 1 and then Deathly Hallows and Part 2. And now every fucking movie every does fucking it. Every fucking movie does it. And I don't like it, first of all. But Just secondly, if you down. don't know that book, it is even more bizarre because it's like the book that's like, no, this should be one movie. Mm. Order of the Phoenix, you could make the argument to split that into two parts because of how long it is. Right. For... For Deathly Hallows, the first half is to them just like hiding out in a forest and having conversations. Like, why is this two and a half hours long? This doesn't it's need odd. to be two and a half hours long of them sitting in the fucking woods. It's almost like we'll see some of that in a film we're about to review today. Just people fucking standing around talking, mm-hmm. not advancing the plot. So that's the Harry Potter franchise. Anything right. that you have to say about this film franchise no. the fantastic beasts nothing i mentioned this last week i was still kind of in the harry potter mode although my fandom was like slowly dripping away the fantastic beasts movie comes out again for people who may not know fantastic beasts and where to find them is an actual textbook that the kids use in their school like that is that's what the reference is oh, that we're talking about okay. here and in fact i could probably find it over on my bookshelf i'm not going to please don't but they yeah, released a, like this back in like the late 90s early 2000s like this is the actual textbook that they use and stuff like that so that's where the name recognition comes from and so there there's announcement like the potter series is is over warner brothers of course wants a new franchise that they can tap into the Harry Potter movies are making money and they're like, why not do this prequel series called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? I was like, there, there could be some cool things here. Why not go and see a movie of someone going to like no. different lands no. and discovering different magical beasts or something? Incorrect. Like that? Incorrect. I was so bored with that first movie. <laughs> I was so unimpressed by it. There was like, I'm good. I'm, I'm done. I don't need to do any Harry Potter stuff from from this point out. It, it literally yeah, was the thing that nature. broke me completely out of the spell. 
so to speak. And so when this movie comes out, I'm like, I I don't have any desire to see this movie and I'm not going to go and see but, it. And then they got but, trashed in the reviews. Like no one really liked this movie when it came out. I'm like, yeah, I don't. But you did see it. Well, I saw it uh, yesterday. Oh, this is the first time you're watching yeah, I've it. I've never seen this movie before. Oh, I just presumed you watched no. And this then filth. the third film in this series came out last year, if you can believe it. Mm. You can't believe it because <laughs> nobody went and saw it. <laughs> Literally nobody <laughs> saw that movie. Oh, man. And now we get to talk <laughs> I've, about Grindelwald. Yeah, go. We've already been recording for like 20 minutes. Okay, okay, gotta, let's do that. Let's, then, let's now jump into our conversation about uh, Fantastic Beats and Good yes, Grindelwald, Grindelwald man uh, child. But the old ways serve us no longer. I take it. You've heard the rumors. Grindelwald had a vision. That he would rise to dominance over the wizarding world. So you're asking me to help hunt him down? I can't move against Grindelwald. It has to be you. In your shoes, I'd probably refuse to. It's late. Good evening, Newt. Oh, come on. You underestimate your talents, Mr. Scamond. Your arrogance is a key to our victory. All right, so Dave, uh, we should probably think of a scenario here First, uh, let's... There's no story. You can't explain it. Let's say, right, Dave, right. uh, that you have decided to come and pay me a visit. And you open the door, and what do you see but this sickly albino-like creature that emerges. Oh and you're like, yeah. oh my God. A briefcase. Is that yeah. Johnny Depp in Grindelwald? And it's like, no, it's just me. <laughs> Why is he not wearing any clothes? I haven't, okay, yeah. I haven't seen the sun for, <laughs> for many a year. Weirdly, I do look like a naked mole rat. Yes. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Anyways, I also have this DVD copy of Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. It's a Blu-ray. What yeah. uh, what's it about? The baddest bad wizard escapes intent on intent on killing a young-ish Dumbledore, and the only one who can stop him is a guy who has monsters in his briefcase. Yeah, great. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Dave, you and I, we both know already, and I think the listeners already know, that we don't like this film very no, much. it's a piece of shit. But I did yeah, watch the garbage. entire thing uh, for you, the fans out there. <laughs> I was very angry when I went to bed last night. I was fucking stomping around. <laughs> <laughs> Just frothing. Swinging my arms back <laughs> and forth. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I fucking hate them. Why do I keep watching this movie? So I don't know. It's Kyle's fault. I, uh, I do have to say, to, to, uh, I just want to get this out of the way. Because yeah. I barely remember anything about the first film. So I am mm -hmm. sure there are some things that are explained in that, but I didn't rewatch that. So to be eminently fair, I'm sure some of the things that don't make sense to me in this movie probably were explained in the first film. I just, so I just want to set that as a base. I read the Wikipedia plot summary and uh, we missed nothing. It's just a bad movie. I yeah. mean, it is just a bad movie too. I just, I just wanted to get out in front yeah. of that, that there's certain plot points that maybe I would remember better if I rewatched the first film, but I was not going to do that. Okay. To get into it, what do you not like about this? So I'll go with the positive. I will say positively, 
It is shocking to me that the special effects in this movie are better than anything we've seen out of Disney or MCU in the last 10 years. Because it actually looks You think this is clean. better though? You think this is better than like Infinity War and stuff like that? If when I wa- rewatched Infinity War through COVID, I started seeing those seams, sure. the green screen seams, blue screen. So I know we may be watching that again. So I'll withhold that specific comparison. I, I but only, certainly I only bring up after the, the end of phase four. I mean, yes, it's, no, it's, it's not even comparable. That, that I would agree with. I'm, I don't know. There, there's certain times where they're like interacting with the beasts that are walking on their hands. Oh, like, it's awful. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They no, are not. <laughs> Yeah, I meant more like the atmospheric effects that and yeah, with. some of the like the well, I, spoiler alert, drowning figure. You know, some of that stuff looks actually pretty good. It's not enough to captivate my attention. I was still like very angry, mm-hmm. but I'll give it that credit. I like Jude Law. You know, I, a character shit, dialogue shit, but he's so charming. So. Yeah, he's able to like break through. I will say for me, you, you I, I have a feeling you're going to disagree with me very strongly. I think there is one person in like the main, main cast uh-huh. that is kind of like a godsend and where everyone else is pretty terrible. I really do like Dan Fogler in in this Who's movie. That? He's like the uh, American the guy, mustachio guy. Oh, he's hilarious. Yes. And he's like the only yes. person who I feel like he understands the movie the way it's supposed yes. to be. B <laughs> and is the only one acting in that movie. But he's got bad lines too. He works so hard for some of those oh jokes. Oh my god, he's like and the, working it and like con- oh. congratulations, buddy. You're you're trying so hard <laughs> when everyone so isn't. Like, <laughs> oh, the scene where he's like kind of half talking to himself about miss. You're just like I, this could be funny if he had better words to speak. Mm-hmm. But his facial expressions, his physical energy, like w- yeah, he was trying really hard. At, you know who sucked? Everybody else. Yeah, but the worst was easily Ezra Miller because what the fuck was happening? Honestly, for both him and Johnny Depp, I'm stealing this whole cloth from another reviewer I read. For both of them, it feels like every scene that they're in, they were just woken up and said, okay, you have some lines to say. (laughs) It really does feel like that where they're like, they're not... They're, they don't care about being in this movie. They got paid like $20 million probably. And it's like, can you just like say these words that mean nothing? I don't know. The moment Ezra Miller showed up and he's like, in his golem mm-hmm. body and he won't say anything and his face won't change and he just looks like a miserable emo piece of shit and i thought maybe this is the beginning of a character and as he learns his destiny or doom he's gonna open no he's just this snotty fucking weirdo with like bugs or clouds flying out of his hands like it's just such a stupid stupid thing you know what i do feel sorry for is the korean actress from the avengers because uh, she's literally there to show off her boobs mm-hmm. and do nothing i know that the, there was a little bit of pushback by fans because she's supposed to be voldemort's snake is what she grows into being oh wait who is one of these people gonna be is ezra miller gonna be voldemort I don't know, Dave. I actually, no, I don't think it's Voldemort, but I, he must grow into something. I have not watched the third one where they probably reveal what his true identity is. I am not going to watch it and I don't care. No, no, it's garbage. There is other uh, characters in this that do become important because they're like the parents of characters in, in Harry Potter. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah it's fine. So like Kravitz wasted. I mean, it's not, not like she's good in this, but miscast. I don't really understand why she was in the, Why Why does she even accept this role? I don't know. She's not a household name yet. No, but, but I, I've liked Zoe uh, Kravitz and other stuff I've seen her in, so I know she's yeah. talented. I kind of have to be like, well, 
one, I'm kind of over the Johnny Depp shtick anyways. So I'm just like, I just don't yeah. even f- feel excitement to see him in a movie anymore. Ezra Miller, when I first saw him, whatever, teenager, early 20s, I got was so excited because the first few projects I saw, I was like, oh, this this is a kid that I think has like the ability That's to something. become like a huge star. Then he kidnaps kids and goes completely insane. <laughs> so like... Oh, you get that vibe in this movie. Like, performance it is looks like, like he's, li- yeah, he's hiding something. Hiding something. Yeah. And then, um, he's awful. Eddie Redmayne is the same thing as like, oh, I, fuck. I'm, what I'm, happened to I'm that guy? I'm so convinced he was actually good at one time. Yeah. But like the last few things I've seen him in, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like, I just don't know Did what you're swank doing. swank it? I don't know. Maybe it's a Hillary Swank thing where he just hit a series of roles that fit his weird eccentric personality and now he can't find footing like he's awful i feel movie. like like I, I mean i think criticism has to be thrown to like producers and directors who said this is the performance the that they wanted to have garbage. but yeah. i mean like it feels like it's like a backwards way into the character it's like in this character i'm gonna have like a weird voice and i'm only gonna look at people like at the diagonal yeah. and i'm gonna walk yeah. really funny why what, what are we doing using that for this character for and then when I fight with magic, I become balletic and yeah. like a ninja. And then I fold back into a insect shape once I have to talk to you. Like, it's like, so cheap. I think the biggest complaint, and this is true even in like the first one, is that this is ostensibly he is the protagonist in this film, but he's not. Like they don't focus on him. He has no character arc. He doesn't learn anything. Because no. no the pitch to this movie I've never written a successful screenplay. I'm not worth a billion dollars for writing a, a young adult franchise. So who am I to offer criticism? But still, you the, the pitch to this really is, what if you combined Dr. Doolittle and Indiana Jones? And I feel like mm. you should be able to make that work. And it just yeah. like doesn't ever go anywhere. For a movie that is called Fantastic Beasts, that, that is in the title, yeah. what, there's one? It's true. Oh, like he's got beast. a platypus or whatever you call Fine. it. Which it doesn't make any sense. The character doesn't make any sense. Inherently in the plot, just, there's the cat thing that comes back. But there's yeah, this a Chinese whole, dragon, that, which is fucking there's stupid. There's that whole yeah. to do about Awful. that whatever seaweed beast thing that's the in stick. his yeah, basement. Yeah. The water dragon. And I honestly that, thought I was like, oh, well, this is obviously going to come back at the end and do something. Nope. No. It just is there, just I guess. We just want to see what a wall of water looked like with a seaweed horse. Mm-hmm. This is literally the epitome of just a series of scenes that don't cohere together i wrote in my review on letterbox that this is like the poster child for like content you're throwing content (laughs) out at you without thinking of this making it be a movie you know what's really upsetting is that even when it starts to try to build some narrative steam like when they do the uh the coven or whatever the fuck it is and everybody comes into that pit and johnny depp is inciting insurrection any cut between conflict is so rough and they don't follow through on anything. So it's like, it's these jump cuts between scenes. They're about to have this climactic fight and all of a sudden they're like in a different section in a fucking different room. And I mean, it's just so jarring. So I was kind of coasting along the periphery of this, looking at my phone, reading Wikipedia to figure out why I hate this thing so much. And then as it built to that eventual climax in hour two, you know, and you're like, oh, well, maybe this is the part where people fucking, you know, do something. And even that's shit. Yeah, and then, I, spoiler alert, after two and a half fucking hours, uh, the movie's only half written because it's actually not going anywhere yet. Yeah, there's really no for, for all, huge resolution. It's awful. No. The very end is, like, so aggravating because it's Ezra Miller, but he, Grindelwald gives him his wand, and then he shoots a hole and destroys <laughs> a mountain. I'm like, oh, 
okay i i guess i guess (laughs) why do i care about this again you're seated from dumbledore like who gives a shit who gives a shit well that's what they said his name but we know that that he he isn't like that it's like this big reveal like your real name is dumbledore like but it's not right like we know it's not maybe it is maybe it is i I haven't seen the third film maybe it is who cares it really doesn't matter i'm dumbledore honestly here is the biggest problem Sorry, here's the two biggest problems. One is one that we kind of already (laughs) talked about, which is because she's a producer, no one is willing to step in and being like, hey, Miss Rowling, this fucking sucks. Like make something that works and makes sense. I think what you and I are both kind of hitting on is that there's individual moments of like, if this were a better movie, I think this would hit. Sure. (laughs) A little bit more. Because there is some like real world like commentary Trump was president. There's all this other stuff. We'd been seeing rallies, like the rise of like supremacism. Like there's stuff that I don't think belongs in a kid's with. movie, but like, I mean, still yeah, like, yeah. there's something, a point that you could be making. Within it's all not of a this. kid's movie no, it's also, not, but, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. But the real biggest problem I have with this, I think we've had this conversation in relation to Dr. Strange, but magic in general, and it's such a tricky thing. The best fantasy writers understand that you can't have magic just be okay. And blah, it's done. Yeah. Yeah, it totally takes away any type of stakes or drama inside of it. If it's just as easy as like, and blah, you need to now pay it's done. Yeah, there has yeah, to yeah. be a cost. And I will say that in the early Harry Potter novels, I would say actually the books do a pretty good job of this throughout the entire thing. You have to learn the actual movements of the wand to do mm-hmm. it. You can't just flick your wrist and have something happen. You have to do it in the proper order, in the proper way, and say the proper words. So at least there's something there that they're giving to you. So it's not like me, Kyle, can just pick up a wand and be blah, and now magic happens. Yeah. In this movie, it is so aggravating to be like, okay, I guess magic can just do anything except the one yeah. thing that they needed to do. Well, magic can't do that. <laughs> Why? You've just shown me that it can do literally anything in the world. You can apparate away. You can know. make this creature. You can shrink this thing. You can make the books grow. Oh, but I can't do it for this. I can't take this amulet away because, you know, reasons. Also, yeah. Also, like, this is a prequel, and everybody has such a fundamentally more powerful understanding of anything to do with magic. So it's like, they're literally, point, like, gun, uh, finger gun yeah, shooting. they just turn into like, guns. Oh, pew, pew, they're pew, just turning into pew. guns. Yeah. It's just like, what? what is the point of this? Just bring up, again, I haven't seen the movies, but the other thing in the books about the cost is that, at least in the first few, yeah, it's not just having to learn the motions that there's a structure to it. Like, every good spell... Uh, had a negative consequence yeah. somehow. And I think that, yeah, that balance is necessary. And that, again, is with serialized manga, you start seeing that fall by the wayside. And, you know, One Piece and Naruto are the big examples because they're still, well, One Piece is still running. It's like on <laughs> book one million right now. Right, right. I can't even comprehend. That book started in like 2003, 2004, and it's still serialized, Kyle. Like, That's crazy. None of it makes sense. But Who gives a shit? There are pieces of this, maybe, that might have been salvageable, but it should not. This is, what did I say? Like, this should be a 30-minute TV episode, and they stretched out to two and a half hours. There's just no way. Especially, like, I was looking at my watch pretty aggressively during this this film. We're, like, a good 90 minutes into the movie of this, like, two hour and 15 minute long film i'm like all of this stuff that we have been doing easily could have been in the first 20 like this is just set up like this is all just just set up we need to get the plot moving where eddie redmayne's like making a guy fly away with wind and then he just leaves right we're just like they just want to show this uh buster keaton-esque stunt where a man's flying like being blown away in the middle of pedestrians and he's like oh fuck it we'll just go somewhere else and talk to dumbledore it's fine 
Why was it in the film in the first place? I think the first real sign that things were not going to go well, I mean, outside of the first scene, which I also think is pretty dreadful because, again, we're using this magic to do anything that we want, I guess, without explaining like what's happening. There, I do remember, even though I remember very little, the first movie, the... Uh, American guy, the Dan Fogler character, there's a big deal about him having his memory erased. So he doesn't remember all the magical creatures. He doesn't remember any of these people. Okay. Like after the fact? Yeah. So after the adventure of the movie, then they they do this. And the first thing he comes back is like, actually, I didn't need to forget anything. And she just told me everything that happened. And so now I'm back on the same page as everyone. Hey, everyone. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> what what was the point of even doing that in the first movie then? If it's just gonna be like, yeah, I didn't, I it didn't know. take. I I don't really understand the veil between the natural world and the magical world, but by the end, there's like fucking monsters and blankets and all this shit happening all over London or Paris, I think, and nobody gives a shit. It's weird, except for that one Muggle right. who's like, yeah, I've seen it all before. I'll fight a wizard. Yeah, no, nothing seems very well thought out because even that final thing, I think that they were probably so beholden, like, it's going to be so cool. There's going to be these like dragons and blue fire and like, sure, like, fine, it's going to be a neat visual. Shove your wand into the ground. Yes, like, it's like, okay. The fuck is Everyone that? just shove your wand into the ground. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I guess that worked. I don't know why it worked. I don't know what it actually <laughs> did, but it work with this like zombie dude what where did he come from you know is this supposed to be funny i've been alive for 300 years now shove your wands into the ground like who the fuck are you mate was he introduced in the first film i don't maybe? remember dave he could have been i Ugh. do like that there is now immortal people in this world that i didn't know existed uh, awful i think helen's making madeleines and she's slamming trays dave on the i'd rather listen to madeleine's mean made for 20 minutes and ever watch this movie ever again <laughs> not my sorry macarons you don't you don't have to hit the madeleine's you gotta get the bubbles out pal i'm only slightly joking when i say i need to spend 10 minutes on how terrible of a title this movie is <laughs> i think it's <laughs> atrociously bad i cannot uh. think off the top of my head like there has been some boneheaded like uh, subtitles to movies right yeah. people always make of fun of like electric boogaloo right as being like a funny right. like Tyler, The Search for Curly's Gold. But Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald? The fuck does that mean, first of all? But secondly, what does this have to do with Fantastic Beasts? I can't get over this. If it's just going to be The Crimes of Grindelwald, then just call it that. I understand that you want to have, like, synchronicity between your titling. But if it has nothing to do with Fantastic Beasts, then why have it in the title? There were beasts in it. They had ugly, bug-eyed cats that turn into regular cats. I mean, that was Nothing fantastic. that actually is pertainable to a plot or what they're trying to do. Oh, there's no plot. Yeah, there's no plot. All right, yeah, so right, now the it. next that's eight minutes of me complaining about this title. <laughs> uh, you know, I just think it's atrociously bad. Uh, even like The Secrets of Dumbledore, which is like what the third movie is called, is not good. It sounds, it makes it sound so goofy and for you know, a movie that is about this, some pretty dark stuff. These films are just J.K. Rowling's ego. They're just- oh, sure. It's just, uh, I can do whatever the fuck I want, and I'm so self-important that when I say Crimes of Grundlewald, people will get it. Mm. My people will understand me. And she was, thankfully, kind of wrong, but this movie made 600 something million dollars, sure so did. it's pretty fucking upsetting. Okay, well, let's do this here. I only have like a couple more notes, but we'll get through some backstory here, just to say that we did it. Um, so, Dave, this movie opens- <laughs> Be quick, be quick. This this movie opened on November 16th, 2018. It is rated 2.5 on Letterboxd. Has, high, that's pretty high. 
<laughs> so isn't. <laughs> it's basically the community saying, this is trash. 6.5 on IMDb. That is higher awesome. than I was anticipating that it to be on IMDb. High, yeah. 52 on Metacritic and on Rotten Tomatoes from 336 critics, it's at 36%. And from mm. 10,000 plus users, it's at a 54%. It is right, available on a DVD and Blu-ray, and it is available to rent on both YouTube and iTunes. Its budget was $200 million. What? It's box office. Yes, $200 million, Dave. Its box office was $654 million, making it the 10th highest grossing film in the year 2018. Out- outpaced by Venom. It was, so, yes. Barely- that tells you how fucking stupid we were. In 2018. Dave, this was the halcyon days of us not giving a care. We were still being like, I love like the spectacle stuff. Actually, we don't have to. You ha- know what? What yes. are you talking about that's shutdowns? A, that's the, no, that's the MCU effect, isn't it? It's like when uh, Sean Connery tried to do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. It was just, we got to hop on this pony where CGI outrules, you know, anything. And you know what? Even though this movie essentially half bombed, they were still right. Because it made a heck of a lot of money. Sure did. It's yeah. plot description, Dave. They do a far better job of this than you did trying to explain <laughs> the plot. Because the official plot description of this movie uh-huh, is uh-huh. the second installment of the Fantastic Beast series featuring the adventures of magizoologist Newt Scamander. Oh, that's the <laughs> That is the plot description. You know why? Because you can't describe what happens in this movie because nothing happens. <laughs> this guy's in it. Newt, watch it. Give me your money. Here's a little it's pro fun. tip to people. If the official plot description is, this is the next installment in X franchise that stars this person, you're like, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> There's no way this is going to be good. And yet, $600 million worth of people saw it. It should have got $600 million more. Dave, it is now time to play everyone's favorite game. Guess, Guess that, that, that tag. This is the time where I don a handsome blazer, pick up a long microphone that Bob Barker used to use, and we play the game Guess That Tag. You know, Dave, when you go to the movie theater, you see that long row of posters, and there's sometimes a little phrase written on them that entices you to go and see the movie. This is a really big weekend. I know that you're you're so horny to go and see <laughs> Barbenheimer, the double feature of Barbie and Oppenheimer that everyone is oh, talking right. about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I am seeing both of them this weekend on separate days, but I'm going to go and mm. see both of them. Okay, good luck. I'm sure Barbie will be fresh and ironic enough to get through what I'm assuming will be a three and a half hour Christopher Nolan epic. Christopher Nolan's is three hours, but it's in shot on IMAX, which is what gets me so excited because I'll be seeing an actual yeah, that's IMAX. Christopher Nolan. Is, I know, he doesn't I know. know how not to shoot on IMAX anymore. Uh, and apparently, yeah. Killian Murphy is naked in it. So that makes me even more yeah. excited. You just love the freaks. But right. um, I actually think this is my guess going in. I could be proven wrong coming out that uh, I think I'm going to like Barbie a lot just based on early word and because I like Greta Gerwig so much as a director. So yeah, we'll see. We shall see. We'll see. Anyways, Dave, this movie does have a tagline, so I'm going to give you three options. One of these is the true, real tagline to this movie. The other one, or the other two, I should say, completely made up by me. So, is the tagline to Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, Fate of One, Future for All? Is it, Where's Grindelwald? Or is it, (laughs) Power Doesn't Care What Wields It? 
Uh, let's go with two. Let's take the piss. Let's Where's Grindelwald? Yeah, yeah. Let's do I that. I wish it was. It is not. That is incorrect. <laughs> it's a fate of one future for all. What is that? I don't mean? know what that means. To be honest with you, <laughs> I think fate of one. I think the fate of one is the Ezra Miller character. It's his fate of the one person it means the uh-huh. future for all of wizard kind. Is I think what it's trying to hint at. Uh huh. Dave, this stars Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander, Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, Dan Fowler as Jacob Kowalski, Zoe Kravitz as Leather Lestrange, and Ezra Miller as Credence Barebone. Credence is... Uh, fuck, what a terrible name. Okay. You don't want to see him barebone? I don't... I don't... I don't want... I don't want any of that. Dave, the cinematography to this movie was done by a gentleman named Philippe Ruzolo, whose top four... Get ready to uh, grasp your bonnet. I'm, I'm strapped in. Yeah, get strapped yeah, in. Because his top four, Dave, are Big Fish from 2003, A River Runs Through It from 1992, <laughs> yeah. Dangerous Liaisons from 1988, what? and Interview with a Vampire from 1994. <laughs> that is his cinematographical career. <laughs> okay. All right. All over the place. Not, not small movies. I guess. I think this movie looks garbaggio, by the way. I think it looks so gross. (laughs) You know, to be fair, I watched not a legitimate version and a director's cut. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know if that's what you saw. How long was that director's cut? It was like two two and change. I think it was, from what I looked at, I think it's five extra minutes yeah okay so it's not huge. i scrubbed it any because they they moniker or oh. they subtitle it and they're like directors uh, i just skipped it do you know what the director scenes they put in no one of them i remember ezra Miller and the korean girl are sitting in an alleyway <laughs> yes <laughs> great that was Amazing. brought back in yeah we really need <laughs> this scene to expand oh oh another one was uh, ezra Miller and korean girl are lying down in a bed hmm they doing anything in that bed, Dave, or just the land? Why would you cut that out? Because it's crucial. <laughs> it's crucial to character development. I have to say this. I don't think this is controversial, but when I was a big collector of DVDs and Blu-rays and watching all the special features, when I did watch deleted scenes, I think maybe 1% of the time, probably even less than that, I was like, oh, maybe they should have put this in the movie. Most of the time, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a good thing they cut this out. This is not needed in this movie. As a Tolkien nerd, extended edition made me happier, even mm-hmm. though you have to make concessions because that story is too wide in birth. Mm-hmm. And I I'm struggling with any other extended version that I thought actually warranted the time. The only one that I've, and I've not seen it, so I can't actually speak to this, but okay. so many people say that the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven by Ridley Scott mm, makes that movie amazing. Again, that is what people mm. have said to me. Wouldn't it be? It's probably three hours long. Oh, it has to be. Because I think the, I think the theatrical short. version is like two and a half hours. Yeah. So like, I mean, Ridley Scott is not a short-winded person. It's like Napoleon is like three and a half hours or something like that to these movies. So. I still have to watch uh, Last Duel. I gotta get caught up. Last Duel is good. Um, and I did enjoy House of Gucci, but I'm the outlier. Most people hated that movie, but I actually liked how weird it was. Helen liked House of Gucci. Yeah, yeah. I tried to sit in. I couldn't handle it. But I think Last Duel is legitimately a good movie that yeah. some people, I, I just think, feel like criticized. It's going to be too gritty for Helen to sit oh, down it, with me. It, for two David, it yeah. involves a rape multiple times. Like, of course, <laughs> it's not a her movie. Jesus Christ. 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, fuck. <laughs> that's what the movie's no, about. I'm, I'm not to uh, disagree with you. I'm just realizing why intuitively I haven't sat down to yeah. watch it with my wife. Yeah. But uh, legitimately a really good movie. It's Rashomon. <laughs> it's Rashomon, but like with knights. Right, that's right, basically right. what it is. No, it's just like that you're stressing it. I didn't write a lot here, so I don't really have anything to say. So like I said before, this just screams, well, we need to make some content, so here's a movie. I can mm-hmm. say that initially in 2014, Warner Brothers announces that the Harry Potter franchise is going to continue with this prequel film trilogy. They then set the release dates in stone. So November 18th of 2016, November uh, 16th of 2018, November 20th of 2020, which didn't happen. The, the release dates are set, but only the first film's outline had been made. So... That tells you, I think, everything you need to know. In fact, as a small side note here, when this film is released, J.K. Rowling not only hadn't written the third film yet, but didn't even have an idea of what it was going to be about. Now, I will say that is allegedly, but from the interviews that I read, that seems to be the indication that they are making. Uh, From the film we watched, it's absolutely (laughs) true. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the first film does pretty well at the box office. So it also had a $200 million budget and made about eight fifty or something what, like that. What are they spending money on? Um, although... Th- I know I know I'm upset every time I hear these numbers, but I still cannot comprehend. Listen, Dave, I mean, as far as budgets dollars. go, I think it's very clear that on these big budget ones, they are wasting money and funneling money somewhere in many, many cases. I have to, right? Um, it's not on the My screen. My example is always, if you can make a movie like Ex Machina for $10 million or whatever it costs to make yeah. that movie and make it look amazing, there is no excuse yeah. for a $200 million budgeted movie I mean, I to look like cast, shit. Everybody in this film is asking for a big payday, oh, sure. but... I mean, Dan Fogler's not going to do it for less than 20 mil, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, between Jude Law... Yeah. Johnny Depp is probably getting 30 million for this movie. I bet yeah, you anything. Yeah, that's probably 40 mil or 30 mil between the two of them right away. Anyways, keep going. So... Well, we're talking too long as usual. So the very first film comes out, does pretty well at the box office. Like I said, it's over $800 million, but the reaction is tepid. That being said, because it makes so much money, it then is announced at that time, well, actually... It's a five film series what? that we're going to make. We're going to make five of these movies. Okay. But this movie comes out and makes $200 million less. The third film comes out and does $250 million less uh, to the point now where they're like, uh, well, maybe the fourth and fifth aren't going to happen. Oh, the next one's not even the, the end of the story. No. It's now the middle. It's the apex of this Yeah, coach. but I mean, they're writing these like... They're whipping well, these if they wrote, wrote like this one, then they didn't actually do anything in the next one. Of course not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I'm never going to watch that third right. one, Dave, but it probably does mm. end on a cliffhanger, which probably makes fans mad. But I just, I just want to point this out again, not, this is a very niche app, I realize, but I think this is indicative. So you can go on Letterboxd and you can see how many people have watched this film who said, I have seen this film. Mm. The first Fantastic Beasts movie has 1.04 million people, which for Letterboxd is super high. There's only like 20, 20 or 25 films that have over a million people that have watched oh, okay. the film. Interesting. So this is huge. The second one, this one that we're talking about, has 538,000 people who have watched it. So about half. And the third one, as of this recording, has 274,000. 
Wow. So it's like nobody has seen in relation to all yeah. the other stuff. And it's actually rated slightly lower than this film. So I can't even imagine that it's. Oh, man. Oof, oof, a Stats doofa. don't lie. So you can see that yeah. it just gets less and less uh, enthralled. But uh, again, maybe you get a, like an engaging character that can take you through these films. I don't know. Maybe just a thought that people can have. Really, the more interesting aspect is how toxic so many of the people involved in this franchise have become. We have the whole Johnny Depp fiasco with uh, former mm-hmm. wife Amber Heard, which was kind of just breaking at the time that this movie is coming out. It wouldn't be for a few years after this, but Ezra Miller, as I have already mentioned, you know, kidnaps some kids and does all his weird stuff. And then we have the whole J.K. Rowling stuff that we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that this was also kind of coming off of for like Harry Potter lore is that after the book series was done, J.K. Rowling would go around and give these talks and presentations and then would take like questions and answers from the audience. And this is where she just started throwing lore at people that made like absolute like, why are you even saying this? Like, obviously, there's no thought put into these ideas the the hilarious one the really funny one is how wizards used to go to the bathroom have you heard about this what no of course not i this I'm was like in this tribe for weeks i remember seeing people joking about this so she made this offhand comment it was like well you know the early the earliest uh days of hogwarts there was no bathrooms and i'm like oh uh, okay why what okay. why yeah it's like yeah. well wizards don't shit no they do but they can just apparate it away when it's Vancouver Island, you just like throw it into the <laughs> Which is even wilder to me that that would be the solution. It's like, I'm just going to shit myself and then apparate it away somewhere. This is what? so bonkers crazy to me that that was your idea that you had. The other one that had a lot of play was the young, I forget who, there was a young person who got up once and was like, did Dumbledore ever fall in love with somebody? To which J.K. Rowling replied, well, Dumbledore was gay, actually. Oh, wow. Just she doesn't answer the question. I just want to point that out there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. was he ever in love? Well, he was gay. So does that mean so he can love no. someone? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and it's like, but that was never talked about in the books, indicated in the books, shown in the books. No. This movie kind of does, in a very roundabout way, hint at the fact does that it? he is a gay man. But uh, I don't know. I didn't pick it up. Well, he looks through the mirror and he sees the like little Twinkie guy that he's falling in love with, which is Grindelwald, like the young version of him. Oh, and they have I just the, thought they the blood, shot it. Right. And they have the blood yeah. pack that they won't hurt each other because they were in love at one time. Like that's which the subtext. Ah, fuck. It's blood pack bullshit. That's yeah, stupid. In a fucking vial. Uh, anyways. Is this the worst movie you've seen this year? Yeah, I think this is literally the worst movie I've seen this year. I would put it at the bottom oh. for me, but I do not. I, I cannot believe that anybody cares about these films i truly don't i don't think even the people in these films care about these films uh and uh, oh i'm not doing anything more in regards to this so i'm not doing any more research i actually wrote that in my notes i'm like i'm done looking at any more information (laughs) about about too long we're at an hour yeah we gotta we gotta move on okay uh anything else that you wanted to bring up in regards to this movie no it's just bad it's a bad movie not even fun bad it's just bad you can tell they threw money at it. It's poorly written. Dialogue's fucking trash. It spends too much time doing nothing. Not no good performances. I mean, literally, it's a it's a laundry list of what not to do to make a big budget film. It's so lazy, and it, I I know I shouldn't care this much. When I think of what two hundred million dollars could do, yes, for something good. Hey, even taking it out of the realm of like going and helping like a hospital or children or whatever, even just <laughs> making a good film is like you could have made a good one. 
husband and children. These are not the same priorities. <laughs> no, I know. But Movie execs do not give a fuck I, about I, I know beings. that yeah. people are going to, you know, <laughs> jump all over me here once again and say I'm just on like James Cameron's dick. But <laughs> at the very you least, yeah. when I see an yeah. Avatar movie, I'm like, well, that looks like it costs $200 million. Yeah, make. that's fair. Even something like Waterworld or something, you know, whether you like it or not, when they pan out, you're like, well, that's clearly a place they flooded with water. Yeah. So it's going to cost a lot of money instead of this shit. Oh, again, I will give it the soft praise that they're doing more with $200 million than Marvelous right now. Mm. We're done here. So, Dave, this machine said we have to wrap things up. So let's get into Critics' Choice, the part of the show where we discover what critics thought at the time that this film was released. I do have a positive review, although I want to preface this. This was a three out of five review. That's the most positive I could actually find on the top critics section of Rotten Tomatoes. So this is Matthew Norman from the London Evening Standard who wrote, All the flourishes and aesthetic delights at the margins divert the attention from the number, density, and complexity of the narrative strands. Never for a frame less than gorgeous to the eye, its beauty saves these beasts. Wow. So basically, he gave a three, he sounds like you, three out of five because uh, I didn't nice. fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew Lacona from San, oh, sorry, there's, I thought, is it San Diego Reader? No, it, it is actually the San, that's funny that it auto-corrected okay. that. Okay, no problems. Dash it all, even the devoted will likely struggle with the realms of expository talks and gobs of unearned feeling and scads, well, that's a lot of ants, and scads of largely pointless beasties, plus some just plain lazy visuals looking at you, magic cats. <laughs> yeah, we watched the same movie. Yeah, you know, I will say. Thank you, Matthew. I, we didn't really bring it up or talk about it much, but like when those cats show up, I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> like, those well, are like, like unfinished renders library. is what they look like. <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean, even when the library stacks start jumping up, you're like, this is this is some low budge. It's low budge thoughts. It's been yeah. played out before. It looks like shit. And then the resolution is to jump in the box. Like, why doesn't he just travel that way? Where? How did the box end up? So, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. like it. All right. Dave, <laughs> does this hold up and is it still culturally no, relevant? <laughs> no, no. I gave it a one, a letterbox, but I'm wondering, should I go with a 0.5? No, that's up to you. I mean, the, the only thing is that there's a couple of things that save it from being like a 0.5 for me, at least. Yeah. Where it's not yeah. that it doesn't get to the most atrocious level, but it's pretty bad. It is a pretty bad movie for me to sit through. All right. Um, All right. Yeah, let's one it. I one it. don't believe like so many people do that the entirety of Harry Potter is culturally irrelevant anymore. Um, I just think that that fandom is too large. Oh, people still talk and still about talk it. about yeah, it. Absolutely. But these films are there's no way in ten years people are going to be talking about these films. I just I don't, don't think people even realize they exist right now. Exactly. If you said right now, even the people who knew about like maybe the first Fantastic Beasts film, uh, I bet you anything they don't even know the third one came out last year. I bet you anything they don't even realize it came out. But second to that, yeah, they're attempting to continue to make it relevant of doing a TV show of Harry Potter, but the kids again, they're just going to go through the seven years of, of schooling. Oh. That's what the next series is that they're going to do. Awful. The, the conspiracy throwing being is the reason that J.K. Rowling is doing that is because all three of the main kids from the franchise have been like, um, we don't believe what she believes in mm. about trans people. So they've fresh. come up with like yeah. very strongly like, we don't believe that. So we don't yeah. stand for that sort of thing. Well, that's, you know, I, I mean, I could see, you know, if you're Daniel Radcliffe and they come up with a truckload of money and they're like, well, we, we want you to be old Potter right. to reboot this. And he'd be like, I don't know. 
because that means I've got to be in a room with J.K. Yeah. Rowling. I kind of love Daniel Radcliffe's post-Potter career because he was like, well, I've been given all this money. I'm a, ba- I'm a millionaire, so I'm going to be in the weirdest shit for the rest of my career. <laughs> he doesn't care. It's like, I'm going to be in this film that five people have watched. One of them being <laughs> Kyle Marshall, but he watched it. <laughs> Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man, where he plays a farting corpse. Yes, I have seen, I've seen that movie. Guns Akimbo. Yeah. Okay. I know the names of these films. I still haven't seen them. So that's just the thing. There's What If, but in Canada it was called Fuck Off because we can actually publish movies that have swear words in them. A little fun fact. <sighs> what a miss, right? Joy Fuck Club. Yeah. That would have been a better title for that film. Even if you just like asterisk the fuck. Yeah. So we do need to rate this film, but before we do, that's what Dave and I thought. What do you think? You can send any feedback to Kyle and Dave at VSTheMachine at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram with the handle KDVSTM. If you want to uh, see the entire list of films that we've watched and the ratings we've given, you can go to our Letterboxd page, letterboxd.com slash KDVSTM. Uh, let's get to the rating of this movie, Dave, on three. One, two, three, one. one. Great. Yeah, one. We're, re- we're both giving it a one. Okay. Which I will say means it is not going to be the lowest rated film on our list Okay, 0.5. What's the lowest? It is going to be, that's Venom. So it's going to go right above Venom. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Venom, Venom is, Venom is bad. It's going to go below Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, right above Venom. So that's the 25th position on our list. That is a pretty dire bottom three. Can I just tell you that? (laughs) That is not a very, not very good. If we go down here again. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to sit down and talk about the here's, podcast here's structure. My, here's the thing, though, Dave. I, I was can't looking, take this anymore. I was looking man. at our potential list because, of course, we don't know until the, the right, machine right, tells right, us. Right. I'm I don't very think, worried. I, don't think I saw it too. I don't think you're gonna even like the good stuff, the quote unquote good stuff that's coming up. So I think we watched all of the good movies. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed to the weird stuff we're about to get into here pretty soon. So. I'm very worried. I, I know we're gonna do some blockbusters. I saw your horror section, mm-hmm. presumably. And I know you're excited about that shit. Yeah. But uh, we're going to have to have a talk because I don't think I'm going to rate a movie higher than a three for the rest of the year. Well, so that's your problem. That's my prediction. That's yeah. your problem. That's you're my so prediction. mad about everything. Give yourself over to the movie, Dave. Give yourself over to the movie. It's fantastic. These beasts. I want a satchel. Oh, a suitcase. I want a suitcase. Mary Poppins has a satchel. That's right. Let's find out what we are watching here next week, Dave. So I'm going to push this button. We kind of mentioned this here earlier in the podcast. So we're getting back to our Marvel stuff. We're going to be watching Avengers Infinity War. All right. The biggest movie of 2018. So that's what we're going to be watching yeah. next week. Yeah. I, look, I don't, I, I, I think the movie's good, but I'm so burnt out. So we'll see what my mood is. I personally think we have gotten through like the worst of the worst. Well, that's there's still so. Aquaman coming up. We've gotten through most of the worst of the worst. (laughs) I I will say I have seen Aquaman and it is not. It's not this. It's not this. No. That'll float in the two, two and a half, three category. I'm sure you're going to give it a three. I just, I know. I remember what I gave it. We'll find out. No, I just, I I know you. It's not going to be 2.5. Jason Momoa is going to push. Oh, let's go to Amber Heard. She's fucking awful. We have, uh, she's not a good actress, no, but we have, I think, three or four more weeks of, like, big blockbusters, and then we get back into seeing some, like, more challenging art house stuff. All right. So. We can sound like we actually think about stuff instead of just spending now an hour and 11 minutes. That's all on you. That's all on you. Whining about how fucking terrible this movie is. All All right. Let's move on. Bye, everyone. Have a good night.
Your jealousy is showing.